So I don't carry cash. And whenever I have to actually handwrite out a check, I have to find my checkbook. I never put it back in the same place, it seems. And perhaps it's a generational uh, I live in a world of debit cards, electronic payments, and I can even split a check with my friends using my iPhone. So whenever I see the alms basin or offering plate come around at church, it makes me a little nervous and slightly embarrassed. I reach into my pockets, digging around, looking and hoping against hope that I'll find something that I can put in. Usually there's just receipts. In today's gospel, we hear of people coming and putting things in the treasury, giving their offering. Now, in my own life, it hasn't always been so that I didn't have something to put in. When I was a kid, see, I had Mrs. Majors, an adopted grandmother of sorts, who we always sat next to in church. And she, throughout the service, would always pull out little goodies from her rather large handbag. I give her credit for my love of Necco wafers, blackjack gum, Mary Janes, and all sorts of other candy that come from a bygone era. But when the offering came, Mrs. Major reached into her handbag and she pulled out a dollar bill for each one of us. She gave us a way to participate in the act of giving in the act of offering something to God. These days, though, my bank sends a check to the church every month, and there fulfills my pledge in some way. But there's still something missing, that act of physically putting something in the offering plate, giving something that physical thing. It makes me wonder sometimes what it is that I have to offer. What is it that I've brought with me to church to give to God? Well, today we are uh, inviting our confirmands to come before us as a community so that we may pray for them on their journey. And our confirmands are being invited to do something that in today's culture is rather countercultural. They're being invited in their confirmation to stand up before you, before witnesses, and to state publicly that I believe in Jesus Christ. To make a public affirmation of their maturing faith and to say that they will take on for the rest of their life the journey of faith, living into their baptisms. This is a rather daunting task, but it's also a very exciting one. You see, I like exciting things. I don't know about you, but I think that um, a little excitement in life is a good thing. And so I also, though, like routines. I like things to go the way that they're supposed to go. And in my morning routine, um, I was invited to kind of think about what adventures and what exciting things that I am uh, in being done to, what I'm being invited to. So one morning when I was uh, going through my morning routine, I pulled out um, my deodorant. Now, I know that it might seem silly, but I pulled out my deodorant, and I like to read things. Um, I often am found reading the back of boxes or any kind of reading material, brochures, things like that. And I was putting on my deodorant, and I said, I've never read my deodorant. Well, this is what the back of my deodorant says. It says, 
This contains odor-fighting atomic robots that shoot lasers at your stench monsters and replaces them with fresh, clean, masculine scent elves. <laughs> A rather exciting deodorant, I would say. <laughs> it reminded me and woke me up to the reality that life is about more than just going through the motions. And when we think about the offering today of that widow, how she gave herself fully to God, Sure, there's an economic message there, but you can think about that this week. Today, let's think about how she gave herself fully to God, committing and saying publicly that everything I have, everything that I have to live on, all of me, I give back to God. That's an exciting adventure. It's a challenging adventure as well. It's not an easy task in a world today that sees religion more as a private matter, Something you do on your own, with the exception of maybe an hour or two on Sunday morning. But we're inviting our young people to stand up and publicly witness to their faith. Something that we ourselves might be nervous to do. I think that part of this is because in our culture today, there's an understanding that with religion should come certainty that we should be able to have right answers and that we need certainty in order to build our life of foundation for our understanding our lives and the faith that we profess. But in this, I think that we've got things misconstrued. I think that we may have taken the church school song a little bit too seriously. And if you know it, sing it with me, okay? I'm not a great singer. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock, and the rains came tumbling down. That's right. The rock of certainty is not the rock of which that song or the scripture that it references is talking about. And yet, for far too long in our church school programs throughout the church and in our, uh, our Christian formation, we have relied on cheap answers and quick slogans. Wanting to have the right things to say. Not resting and wrestling with the questions of faith. We have this understanding that certainty is the way that it is, and yet we're inviting our confirmands instead to ask big questions. To look and wonder and think about what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to offer yourself? To offer yourself as a gift to God? What does that look like? How do we do it? We have this understanding in our culture, I think, that with certainty comes a sense of authority, a sense of merit, of worth, that if you're certain about something, you're more likely to be right. This isn't always the case. We've bought into what is called the myth of authority. And this myth says that there can only be one right answer. It says that if you have an answer and you have a claim authority, that I can't have it. And if I do have authority and I do claim an answer, I must hold on to it tightly because you might take it away from me. It says that authority stifles our creativity 
and puts us into straight columns. It says that there cannot be any dialogue or discourse. Now, we as Episcopalians don't always like to talk about authority. We don't always feel comfortable being able to say something or stand publicly and affirm our faith always. We're a little bit more subdued than all of that. And yet, I believe that true authority, true faith, is, allows us to speak with certainty from where we are now. Being able to enter into these deep questions about who we are, about who God is, about the world around us. To enter into relationships of trusted dialogue where we may not agree, but we are still in relationship. That we hold up ideals and we challenge each other to live into those ideals, to live into hope, to live into love, to live into mercy and forgiveness. This, I think, is what we're asking our confirmands to do. We're asking them to come before us and say, journey with us. Ask the big questions. Join us as we, as a community, attempt at our very best to offer ourselves day in and day out to God. It's not an easy task. It's a mighty deed. It takes great effort. And it takes relationships and support and nurture. I'd like to leave you with the words of Theodore Roosevelt, uh, who spoke of the importance of trying. It is not the critic who counts, nor the one who puts out, points out how the strong person has stumbled, or where the doer of deed has, could have done. See, the credit belongs to the person who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, who does actually strive to do deeds, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotion, spends oneself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he or she fails, at least fails greatly. Far better it is to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs even though checkered by failure, than to rank with those timid spirits who neither enjoy nor suffer much because they live in the gray twilight that knows neither victory nor death. My friends, we're invited each new day to dare a mighty deed, to offer ourselves to God as living sacrifices, offering our gifts to the world and to each other to ask the big questions. Amen.